0: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a
1: new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. Hi, everybody. This is Elle Wolf, host of the Further Podcast, and I hope you enjoy part one of my discussion with the illustrious Doug Kessler, co-founder and creative director of Velocity Partners. We're going to dig into why B2B marketing is sometimes a little bit boring and what you can do to make it less so. All right, so I feel incredibly honored to be joined today by Doug Kessler, who is the creative director and co-founder of Velocity Partners. Hi Doug. How you doing? Hey. So full disclosure, I've worked with Doug before on several projects actually. So I'm maybe a little biased about just how sort of brilliant he is. I think I've described you to other people, and I'm gonna make you blush, as like the Don Draper of B2B. Oh, without yeah. all the like without all the smoking and alcoholism.
0: And, and abusive colleagues. Okay, I'll yeah, take yeah, it. That. I'll take just
1: it. the good stuff. Just the brilliant.
0: The, be- the beauty um, being draper, wow. I'll <laughs> take
1: right, right? I'll take it. I mean, he wears a sharp suit. He says smart things. Like, what, what's better than that? So, uh, you know, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Velocity Partners and the kind of work you do. I always like to start these conversations because I think everyone is like slightly voyeuristic and they want to know where people mm-hmm. came from. So I think you've been on the agency side for... Most all of your career oh, is that right? Oh, all yeah, FML or what? Don Draper, like I said, <laughs> yeah. um, did, did like little Doug Kessler grow up knowing like this was what you wanted to do with your life? Like, what was your your path to getting where you are you know, now?
0: Bizarrely and embarrassingly, probably yes. Like, I I obviously as a little kid, it was all baseball and stuff like that. But I was really interested in advertising. In junior high, I did a paper on the use of water imagery in menthol cigarette ads. <laughs> <laughs> and I found like 30 examples to prove my point. And I'm still bitter about the feedback. The teacher said too many examples. What? <laughs> but the whole point was the examples. Like it wasn't just two or three. And um, so, you know, weirdly, I was always into it. My dad was a copywriter. So um, he was a perfectly happy one. He didn't it's like, it's not like he taught me it or or or, or anything, but he, clearly it's in the blood. Mm.
1: That's amazing. That's uh, so little. So I I always ask this question and no one's like, yes, when I was a child, I wanted to be a marketer. But you you actually did. So you're like an advertising nerd is what we'll just call you. Yeah. So, so you started the agency that you work at now, Velocity Partners. You guys are based in the UK, headquartered in the UK? Yes,
0: London. And we got about six people here, but we have five in New York and we have high hopes. And um, so there's a foothold there too.
1: Excellent. And can you talk a little bit just about what you guys do there? Like, what what kind of projects do you do? What kind of projects do excite you? I think I know kind of the answer to this, but I want to know, like, what what gets you guys out of bed in the morning? Yeah, good
0: questions. I mean, you know, we're all B2B, we're all tech. We do... We focus on four what we think are the four hardest things to do in B two B. So it's positioning, branding. That's one. Content marketing, the strategy, the content programs, D- digital build. So that's websites or cool interactive stuff or the back end plumbing, and then performance marketing. That's you know show me the money stuff, the analytics and everything. So those four, which we feel are not just the hardest, but the four that really belong together, where each of them is done best when it's integrated with the other three. And so rather than go full service, we kind of cherry pick things that are hardest, the things that absolutely belong together and the things we love. And of course, those are just services. So in the in the middle of that is what we call the galvanizing story. So it's this kind of narrative that holds it all together, clear, compelling narrative that just unites all of those things into one big story. And so that's, that's kind of what we do, the, the stuff that excites us. You know, we are B2B tech marketing geeks, so not people you want to invite to a dinner party or anything like that. I
1: mean, it yeah, depends think, on who's yeah, throwing I mean, the dinner party. You, yeah. You yeah. Know, Most my dinner house parties, would when I
0: mention B2B, people scoot a few seats down. But, um, you know,
1: we love- <laughs> God, such a bad, such a bad rap no, in B2B. I know. My God. You're cool, people, I know. Well, I swear, now it's, it's changing. Cool. But
0: anyway, we're... We, I you know, tough, interesting, non-obvious challenges, you know, that can be nimble startups, or it can be the big old kind of incumbents fighting off all those fucking nimble startups that are plaguing them. So either side of that battle is always really fun. And, um, you know... <laughs> Times have changed. When things are changing, markets are changing. New, new models, new whatever. Those are really fun, but make hard is good. Like sometimes we'll meet a company and think that story is so good, we just have to stand back and let it tell itself. But and those are actually less fun, even though they're wonderful companies. We want the hard stuff. It's like wow.
1: Right, like, like finding the, where the challenge is in like trying yeah. to articulate big like alvinizing story.
0: Or like, like sometimes if yeah. your best yeah. story is also the identical one of 10 other players or something, but it is your best story. So like that's that horrible thing. Do we abandon this great story just to differentiate or do we – what do we do? So, you know, just hard stuff like that is, is –
1: well, and you and I have gone through this together, like trying to, you know, uh, so we worked together on yeah. a really big project, which yeah. was the rebranding of Path Factory from yeah. Lookbook HQ. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace, Lipbook mm-hmm. HQ. And I mean, you know, I went through, I've gone through this in every stage of my career where I like, I'm constantly thinking like, should we back off, you know, this language or this wording or whatever because other people are picking it up or is like that the time to like embrace it and hold on to mm-hmm. it for dear life? And those are hard, those are hard Yeah, those, are, hard that,
0: those are the things right? that excite us. It's just like, it, these are tough, they're tricky. And I guess, you know, I mean, the one like you're saying is like, well, when do you know you got it right? It's really hard. You, you know, you just kind of follow your gut, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. There's a lot of art. And then the data there. tells you if you got it right. That's right. That's right. So, so I want to, so I've, you know, throughout my career in marketing, I've worked with a lot of mm-hmm. different agencies on lots mm-hmm. of different types of projects. And I think that, you know, one thing that like makes it work when you have a great, rel- great relationship with an agency and you get great work from them, it has something to do with like how well that agency can kind of immerse themselves in your business. I mean, the reality is like, it's hard to come in and not be sitting in that business, although I'm sure you have fresh eyes. But you, I, I found that kind of the common denominator in sort of the meh work and the great work is like, can the agency really develop empathy and and really understand sort of deftly like what the business is all about so can you talk a little bit about your process in doing that because you guys are are I would say like if you had a superpower this is it you know I remember the first time we met and we had this conversation and like it was like you just looked right in my soul and knew all my secrets and I was like how did he do that and we like didn't we had barely talked and I think you you have this capacity to just like get it how how do you do that?
0: Well, I mean, some of it is about exp- like being in a long time. When you specialize in something like tech and B2B, you see a whole lot of patterns. And so you start spotting them early. And the danger is you spot them when they're not really there, you know. But so there's that. But I think, you know, what you hit on about empathy is absolutely the thing and the hardest thing and it's true client side as well you know you're a natural marketer you've always been this way just the fact that you articulate that challenge makes you that kind of marketer when there are a whole bunch who they don't think of that as their biggest challenge but it is you know and so i don't know i mean we found no shortcuts and i if we had, we would have taken him because we are lazy bastards. But the, we, we, you know, there just isn't spending time with the target audience. So listening really hard about how they think about their world, how they talk about it. You know, you could pull a persona document out of your ass, but the result is definitely going to betray that you did that. So for us, talking with our clients' customers is really, really key. And we work hard, fight hard to try to make that happen. And some of the absolute best insights come from that direct content. We had a procurement software client. And we talked to procurement people and they said, everyone in the company hates us. <laughs> and a few people said that. It's like, <laughs> wow, that was our insight. We went to town on that. It's like, that's real. Like imagine being in a company, you're really good at what right. you do. You're helping the company and everyone hates you. We never would have got that from our client, even though they were super smart. So just the right. direct contact with people. Absolutely no substitute.
1: Well, that's like, I mean, you just basically described the difference between shitty marketing and great marketing, which is just like, it has to be about that, that audience. It has to be about the buyer. And I think, you know, sometimes we think we're doing that. And we're really, like you said, we're, you know, we have a persona or whatever. And we're like, we get it. And I can attest to this because I've been doing quite a bit of consulting. In my downtime these past few months, and um, it's really hard to jump into somebody else's business and like get it quickly because again, like I'm not a right. DevOps, you know, person or like I'm, so. It's like it's really hard to develop that kind of empathy yeah. for the buyer um, without really trying to put their clothes on for a minute.
0: And that's a B two B thing more than I mean, consumer. Even if you're not the audience, you're not that far from the audience. You know, we all drink beer, we all wear watches, we all. Right clean floors you know so we get we are the audience and b2b it's rare like you were marketing to marketers at path factory so at least that's great you when you're marketing to your own people you know you're living their life that to me is a really big advantage and a rare one but when you don't like you say devops man you got to spend time with them because yeah if you don't do that it will be faking it and it's um it's weird what authenticity is. Like, I don't know why something is or isn't, but you just know that it is or isn't. It's some, you know, some. Creative.
1: But, but it's, it's like what you said. It's, I mean, that, like tapping into that one critical insight, that one little thing that, like, oh, these people are walking around knowing that everyone hates them. Like, you. You know, I, and I've, I've thought about this, like every once in a while when I start, to, when I tap into one of those veins, I'm like, and I, I realize something, I'm like, oh, you could have some fun with this. Like there's, let's, let's you know, let's do something cool with this.
0: Right, these little crystals of insight. And those things come from the customer. They come from the end customer all the time.
1: If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. So you mentioned B2C, so I'm going to take it there for a second. You know, I think B2B is, we all are sort of navel gazing and like showering mm-hmm. adoration on B2C. It's like the cool older sibling yeah. that got its shit together. But I know you consume a ton of marketing. I see you write about it and talk about it all the time. Do you, I mean, do you really think they're all that different? I mean, you just, you just highlighted one key difference, which is that we're all consumers. And so we can, you know, have that kind of empathy, but like, like what, why, why, why does everyone think B2B, B2C is so cool and B2B is so lame?
0: Yeah, it's, um, luckily it's changing. So for most of my career, that was, it was as simple as that. And, you know, I mean, but less and less, but, I mean for most of my career it was almost embarrassing to say the B2B part it wasn't glamorous there wasn't going to be a Kardashian in any of our work no big tv shoots on beaches with models or anything like that and I do have to admit the cons- best consumer marketers are have always been better at understanding people and emotion and non-rational reasons to do things whereas B2B we still, Too many people still feel it's like we're marketing to decision-making units, you know, bots who make decisions. Our, you know, right, we have had to, and are still learning from, but it's changing fast. So emergence of behavioral economics and things like that means even B2B folks realize we make decisions with our gut and then we rationalize it with our head. And so we'd better have ways to talk to the gut. And, you know, so in that sense, no, it's not different there are the differences of long buying cycle, many people in the buying decision. Um, those things are unique challenges. But right, like what moves a human being? You know, content to person or person to person. That stuff is no different.
1: No, there's it's psychology, Um, and I think like I I see it turning to. I think we're having this sort of zeitgeist moment that's where where brand is becoming a little bit more in focus for B two B companies. Where I think in the past a lot of them have phoned it in. You know, I think it's you you know in B two B you're always in this sort of business of like manufacturing demand and maybe people don't feel like they have time to think about the brand or whatever it is. But I think there's lots of great examples in B two B today that demonstrate that brand is like the key differentiator and you have to focus there and I, I like I, do.
0: I love that change and I'm really glad you picked it too because I mean that that you're seeing it validates for me a that it's happening and b that it's important and I really do think it's been phoned in for too long and now it's coming around and people are realizing this is important and Luckily, it's also really fun, you know, that helps.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's like, it's, a, it's, a, it's the golden age of marketing. It's a great time to be a marketer right now because I've always valued that stuff and cared about that stuff. And it's weird. I am very left brain, sort of nerdy in that way. I like to know how things work. But like, I think of myself mm-hmm. as a traditional marketer. And so like, I feel like I always wanted to apply these kind of B2C things to be and people. No one wanted to let me. And I love that it's becoming cool to do that, right?
0: Yeah, it's totally changed. And now I feel like, you know, I'm not just being super defensive. I actually don't feel, I would feel more embarrassed to be peddling watches and beer and perfume right now. I mean, a watch, you put it on Pierce Brosnan and he goes like this, you know, and that's a watch ad. Pierce wears it, so I'm supposed to wear it. I'd be embarrassed to do, and I know it works. It's not like I wouldn't do it if I were selling watches, but I'm glad I'm not.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, in some ways, that's a very good point. Um, my my husband worked in a consumer, for a consumer, a big consumer brand for a long time. And I was always like, yeah. cheaters. Like, it was just like, yeah. duh, so obvious. You like get a celebrity, you like sponsor a big right. cool music festival. It was just like all these crazy things. And I'm like, yeah. I'm over here trying to figure out what makes yeah. this person tick and like piece together all this or- or- orchestrated crap. And you guys are just spending money, a yeah, well, I mean, money on the meeting. It's like, I know. Um,
0: Pierce Brosnan it's like for fuck's sake yeah, That's is not a grown up job and I mean I had done it
1: I would be good I, at that I,
0: I started in it and there is fun to be had there for sure so I but it's not really a grown up thing
1: no, I get it, and that's why you say you said at the top you yeah. really like the hard stuff. And I think in some ways, like B two B is really hard. It's like a hard place to make things cool and interesting and fun. And and I do think that's the major mistake of many B two B brands is that they like, it's exactly what you said they treat the buyer like they're not a human and therefore they don't engage them on yeah. these human terms where like there is there is that little thread you can always pull on there is always that person who is hated within their organization and you can somehow make light of it or turn it into an interesting moment or whatever and without seeking that out yeah then it's everything's boring and it's four shades of blue and gray and whatever
0: that's true and part of that is like it's not just finding it in the other, in the audience, but in oneself. Like the geekiness really helps here because you got to find it in yourself. You got to find something you care about and the people in the company care about and like that really care about. And so for pyramid people, like you, when you dig down, they hate waste. Like they hate waste. They just hate it. And that's cool. Actually, when you think, all right, let's hate on waste because waste is, you know, in a world of scarcity waste is criminal, you know? So, And it's finding that it's like, again, you've always been good at this. You've always been like, wait, I'm in this seat. I'm going to be all in on this, not phoning it in. And that, I think it starts with yourself. Like, can you get into this? Can you believe it and love it and go for it? And the rest kind of comes into place if, if you can.
1: I think that's in part why I've stayed in Martech for so long. I mean, this was Path Factory was my third. I was at Eloqua. I was at Lattice Engines, all sold to the same exact buyer. And I mean, like it's very easy for me to have empathy for a marketer because I am a marketer and I, you know, I don't have to work as hard to know, you know, what's gonna, you know, make them feel a certain way. And I definitely as I thought about what I wanted to do in my next role, that was a key part of it. Like, I don't have to be this person, but can I care about this person? Can I get excited about what gets them excited? Because that is what's going to make me good at that job, right? That's yeah, a, and I think,
0: I think just it doesn't take too much. To, I mean, these are people struggling with similar things. There haven't been that many categories where I thought, wow, I'm really struggling with yeah, Want, I just,
1: wah, I, yeah. yeah I used to think insurance
0: like please not insurance and then we got a client who's who touched on that and you start realizing wow risk is actually a really interesting thing <laughs> insurance may not be but risk is and the idea of spreading it out and you know that kind of thing so it's rare to find one that really is a, a major yawn
1: yeah no I'm trying to think I, I get I get what you're saying because you're right like to that person it's not yeah, it's not boring right. it's yeah. their life. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Talking to Doug is one of my favorite things to do. And so I hope you will join me in part two of our discussion coming up next time, where we're going to talk about how to be a good stakeholder during creative projects and the words that Doug would banish from the English language if he were able to do so.
0: You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.